Kane's Country podcast is back, and so is Warren Fogel. That broke. That news broke uh, about 14 minutes after we recorded uh, the last episode of this podcast. But uh, Warren Fogel is back, and uh, so is the Kane's Country podcast. My name is Brett Finger, uh, per usual. Joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Hankel. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, doing okay. It's kind of a dreary, dark, rainy day today, but it is. It is very, uh, very solemn, uh, very dark, and uh, I don't have any segue. That's it's just terrible. Um, <laughs> to the news. There's really only one piece of interesting news over the past couple of weeks, and that was that Warren Fogel signed a one-year contract extension, um, I believe, on the 1st of November. So, obviously, he avoided arbitration, and uh, his deal is at $2.15 million for the 2021 season. Um, Andrew, we can start with you. Does this is this a surprising number in any way for Fogel? Not really. Maybe a smidge high, but I mean, on a one-year deal, I think it makes sense. Uh, and the one-year deal part makes sense to me too. You know, for Fogel as a young player who maybe still might have a little bit more to add, and you know, could earn a little bit more on a new contract. Um, you know, I think it's fine. It pretty much takes the Hurricanes right up close to the salary cap season leaves or ceiling leaves them very little wiggle room going into the season. But, um, probably about what I expected when I was looking at what a new Fogel contract might look like. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say it's, um, you know, it's expected. It was around like the $2 million range, like whether a little bit higher, a little bit lower. And it's on the little bit of a higher side. It's so like Andrew mentioned the cap situation is going to be a little more tricky this year just being so close up to it but i think uh fogel you know kind of earned this money doubled his production last year from the year before, prior and he's really developed well as like a like a solid two-way player his defensive game really made leaps and bounds especially on the penalty kill so i think it's a good offer and it's just hope to see that he if he can keep up that same developmental curve into this coming season it it should be a good value still yeah what i think is interesting is the the future of there's McGinn, there's Martinook, and there's Fogel. Um a couple of not necessarily top six guys, especially for Martinook and McGinn's case cases. Um they all have one year left on their deals. Uh they're all at about two million dollars. And it'll be interesting to see who comes back, who doesn't come back, uh, because you're talking about especially with Martinook and McGinn, uh, two guys that fill a very similar role. I'm not sure how much sense it makes um, to to keep them around making legitimate NHL money, um, especially in, in fourth-line roles. I would think one of them doesn't come back after this year, uh, just a guess. And then Fogel, you know, I think you're looking for a little bit more offense if he's going to be getting much more than the 2.15 million uh, after next year. So this is a big year for, for really all three of them. Uh, and for Fogel in particular, this is a year where he can kind of differentiate himself from kind of the, the depth guys like McGinn and Martinuk and maybe establish himself as a, 
legitimate top nine player who can score more than a McGinn or a Martinuk because uh, McGinn had that one big offensive year, hasn't come back to it, and hasn't has actually gotten a, a good deal worse in that uh, in that respect. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Fogel does on uh, on a contract year. Well, and if you look too, especially at uh, if they're each going to be making around two million again, you really are not going to have much room for more to keep more than one after next year because you're going to have you're still going to have the flat cap and you're going to have the raises for Svechnikov and probably Hamilton. You're going to have to sign two goalies. So, I mean, the, the cap space just isn't going to be there to have three guys like that making that amount of money. Yeah. So it's it's going to be, you know, it's it's a big sh- uh, prove-it year for, for three guys. You know, you're looking at actually the whole team. This is a big year for a number of guys who have expiring deals because you brought up both goalies are expiring deals in Reimer and Morazic and Nadelkovich for that matter. Um, you have those three guys at the bottom of the lineup. Obviously, Dougie and Svech have deals to get done. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a big prove it year for a lot of guys. Um, now we're gonna pivot to to some stuff that was written on the site this week. Uh, expansion draft preparation. The Seattle Kraken are going to take one of Carolina's beloved players. Ron Francis will get his revenge on the organization next year. He will, he will steal someone from this roster. And this was written about on Kane's country this week, Andrew. Yeah. So I took a look at, um, making the protected list. Um, and reminder, you can protect either, Seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. I see almost no way the Canes don't go with the first option. Um, have to expose one forward who's played, or two forwards who've played 40 games the previous season, and or, or 70 games over the last two, one defenseman who's done that. Will be interesting to see though if those num those numbers I assume are going to get prorated because that's assuming 40 out of 82 games, which is not going to be. There's almost no chance the NHL is playing 82 games this season. Um, but, I mean, if you look at it, it's not nearly as advantageous to the Hurricanes because, um, you know, you have the deal where first and second year players are exempt and you don't have to use a protection spot on them. So, like, the only one of those they have this time is Martin Natchez, which is a good exemption to have. But it's um, – if you remember last time, I think – Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Noah Hannafin, and Sebastian Ajo all did not need protection. Um, but, I mean, the Hurricanes still have plenty of space to protect their core. You look at the forwards, obviously Ajo, Teravainen, and Svechnikov. Unless he has a horrible season, I'd be surprised if Vincent Trocek is not protected. Um, and then I went with Fogel, assuming he's back. And then Morgan Geeky for the last spot, just because he's a young center, and I think they want to see him keep developing. But it wouldn't shock me to see them protect Jesper Bost over him. Defense, Slavin and Pesci are the no-brainers. And Hamilton will be two, assuming the Hurricanes can reach a deal with him before that. If they can't, then I would probably put Hayden Fleury in that spot. But I'm assuming it'll be Slavin, 
Pesci, Hamilton, and they'll protect a goalie too. I just have no clue who that's going to be at this point. Um, so then if you look at the exposed list, probably I, he could take fast, but that's the only one. Probably Francis is going to be taking a defenseman. Um, Hayden Fleury and Jake Bean obviously are two that he drafted. Brady Shea is also a good option. If I had to put money on one player right now that I think I could see Ron Francis taking, it would probably be, and again, obviously this is after next full season. So a whole host of things could happen to change this protected list and whatever. And the hurricanes could go get somebody at the deadline. They have to protect, but if I had to put money on one player that Ron Francis, I think is probably going to take, it would probably be Hayden Flurry. Interesting. He draft. I mean, think about it. He's young. He's still going to have a year left on a very cheap deal. He's the first player Ron Francis drafted as a general manager. He's played really well um, in the postseason. I mean, if he does it again next year, um, I mean, who would who do you think he would take? It would probably come down to uh, Hayden Flurry or Jake Bean or it depends on how Gardner and Shea play this year. So yeah, um, Gardner could be a long shot, but he'd have to play a lot better. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, it's, it's I can't see anyone, but other, I can't see anyone, but Bean for me personally, I, I, yeah, I was thinking Bean. It, what makes it interesting is of course, both of them are Ron Francis draft picks. So they're both first round draft picks at that. Um, it will be interesting to see how what the Hurricanes think of Jake Bean because I can't envision them uh, letting Jake Bean go for free at this point. So there would have to be. Uh, I think we're. I think we're going to learn a lot about just how much the Hurricanes like Jake Bean in his future. I think we're going to learn that a decent amount this year because it's, it's kind of, you know, we, we reached the point with Hayden Floyer where it was like, all right, we got to make a decision here. We got, what are they going to do? And, and I think we're approaching that point for Bean, who was the AHL's most outstanding defenseman last year. He's still 21 or 22, whatever. Um, I mean, you know, he, he's going to be potentially exposed in the expansion draft. And so if, if they really like him, they better get him some games or figure out what the hell they're going to do because uh, every time it seems like they're going to maybe open up a spot for him, that spot gets filled really quick. So, But, it, well, because that's the thing is there isn't – I mean, what's his path to getting games this year? Unless somebody gets hurt, I mean, there really isn't – there's injury no spot trade. for him yeah. to play right now. It'd be an injury, yeah. Or, I mean, I, I if – if there was a taker for Jake Gardner, that wouldn't stun me. Um, it's just, I mean, bottom line, the Hurricanes, like losing a player like Hayden Flurry would suck, but like they're not going to lose a core player in this no, thing. Yeah. I also definitely do not see them being able to cut another um, Connor Brickley type situation, given who's making the draft picks for Seattle. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, well, the also Jake they, they is, gave us. A- if, if I'm remembering right, they gave up a pick so that they would take Connor Brickley and right. they wanted to not give up Lee Stepniak. <laughs> Interesting. That was well, the player they pre- didn't want to give up. 
Right. And you'd probably have to give up a more significant asset to prevent like taking a guy like Flurry or Bean. Yeah. As opposed to a guy like I think Stepniak. they only gave up like a fourth round pick or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure Stepniak then ended up playing like 20 games in that yeah, season. Yeah, because he had that like... mystery injury in training camp yeah. and never played really at all until the end of the year. And um, yeah, and the Hurricanes ended up getting TVR from Vegas and that whole thing. So interesting. Yeah, and I forgot about that. But um, no, I mean, I guess my thing with Flurry versus Bean is like you could probably make the argument that Bean has a higher ceiling, but like right now, Flurry's the more proven commodity, and I don't expect that to yeah. change between now and the expansion draft either. I mean, but this is Francis we're talking about, and he just loves prospects and, like, That's watching true. them develop. It's like – and I think Seattle's looking at this. They're not looking at, like – I don't think anyone in Seattle's front office believes they're going to have a Vegas story where they're going to be a contender immediately and go on all these Cinderella runs. I think they're going to – they're looking more at it, especially with Francis at the helm, yeah. as a build from the bottom. And I don't know if any real big, like, name that's going to be coming out in any of these teams. Like, Vegas got Marc-Andre Fleury. That was their big key thing for fans to rally behind. And I think honestly, someone like Jake Bean, who could potentially be, you know, a power play quarterback and defenseman putting up a ton of points could be a great piece for them to rally around eventually. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's two pretty solid options. Uh, if you were to make me pick uh, who they're going to pick right now, I would also say Bean, I think um, also because he is younger than flurry. Uh, he does have more team control than flurry. So, that is yeah, and, and I think you like I think you like Jake Bean's upside more compared to Flurry, uh, just from Bean's skill set, uh, what he's capable of doing offensively. He's an exciting player, and again, he, Francis drafted both of these guys, but he did draft Bean more recently. So, um, yeah, so I I would I would agree on Bean. I'm sticking with Flurry, but I can definitely. Um, it's not. I'm bad. definitely it's a lot closer to Bean than I was. Yeah. Um, so now we are on to Twitter questions, and we're going to parse this up a little bit because we have three that we like this week. Uh, two of them have nothing to do really with with uh, hockey in a whoa, whoa, literal whoa, whoa, whoa. in a very literal in a literal on ice sense. Um, <laughs> although granted, ice, granted they were on a planet they were scenario. on an ice planet uh but we'll get to that in one moment but first uh <laughs> rocky like a hurricane on twitter asks thoughts on the reverse retro teaser so uh i know we all saw this but the hurricanes tweeted out a very short like 12 second video of uh, a tease for the new retro jersey every team in the league's getting one from adidas this year uh, it appears to be in a way Whalers themed jersey from 1979, uh, I believe is what the back or the number on the back of the jersey was supposed to represent. We didn't really get much of anything uh, legitimate from that, uh, but we did get a little little teaser. Thoughts on uh, Hartford Whalers throwback retro whatever jersey? Well, I think we have two options, a couple. I mean, it could be kind of a blend. It could be um, like, a you know, just a new design on like the Whalers. Or, I mean, I've seen some speculation that it could be like, like Hurricanes logo and design in Whalers colors. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure how I would feel about the, if you saw it too, I think it was the Pacific Division mostly tweeted out 
a bunch of teams tweeted out um, teasers for theirs today. And seeing the, like the actual jerseys, um, most of the ones I saw today, I thought looked pretty cool. So, I mean, I, I, I have high hopes for it. I think it's a cool thing that the league and the teams are doing, um, you know, something fun. Um, I'm not going to pretend to have any illusions about the primary motivation behind it, given the current financial situation. But you know what? That's fine. I mean, it's the league and the team's job to find ways to make money. Um, and, you know, you're giving people something fun to go along with it. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I think there'd be a lot more excitement about like a Whaler jersey had the Canes not already resuscitated it two years ago. Yeah. So I think like it's, it's kind of like for the Canes themselves, it's like, well, it's, you know, a different Whaler jersey. All right. You know, that's cool. It's awesome. But it's not as much excitement as maybe some of these other teams are getting. If we were still at the point of like Whaler's night having never been a thing and still being like, Come on, come on! Like, when are we? When are they gonna wear whalers? And then that like green and white teaser dropped. It would have. I think it would have been a bombshell. True. I also I really like a lot of the Pacific teasers that I was looking at. Like, if like Calgary's, I really like the colors for Calgary. If they bring back oh, the Mustang, that would be sick. I haven't seen Calgary's. I saw Anaheim's was cool. I saw Arizona's, uh, and I saw the Kings. Yeah, I think all of them did it. I like the Oilers color. They have like that retro white orange and bluish uh the ducks one oh dude did you see the font though on the back like the nameplate font on the back of yeah the ducks it's, the, it's the yeah. yeah it's like the duck was, jumping out of the water jerseys yeah i was cringing at the font on the back too i was like oh geez yeah that's, the vegas one was sick though yeah, vegas is good the red one the vegas full like uniform got leaked yeah, yeah. at least they put the swords on the front this time Instead of yeah, the back. back for flurry. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm pu- I just pulled up this Calgary one. This looks really cool. Yeah. Hopefully, if it's the Mustang, that'd be pretty sick. Bring that back. And uh, I like, I really like the purple for the Coyotes in LA. I think just having more fun colors in the league is just always like just exciting. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed with a lot of these is that's like the color schemes are really, um, are going to be cool. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, how people have kind of wanted like a color rush NHL thing like they do in the NFL. Um, this isn't quite that, but it's definitely different and and more fun for sure. Yeah, so if they spice up like the Wales jersey, like if there's some other flair to it, I can see it being kind of like an exciting thing. But as I sit with it, it's like, ah, it's cool. It's already kind of yeah. happened already. Though. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we can move on to the rest of the Twitter questions. These are going to be uh, not so much uh, hockey-related in a traditional sense, at least. Um, I guess we can talk about the Mandalorian a little bit first. Uh, we're out of hockey news, so we might as well. The Mandalorian first two episodes of Season 2 have aired, uh, aired quote-unquote, uh, streamed on Disney+, and Episode 3 of the season will come out tomorrow or today if you're listening to the podcast today that is coming out we're we all we all will have already seen it probably by the time you listen to this or at least i will yes almost certainly (laughs) yes almost certainly um so uh i know andrew you watched it when they came out i know ryan you watched it last night the first two right yep nice um okay so thoughts on the season premiere 
I liked it a lot. I thought it was one of the best episodes. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of just what makes the Mandalorians so good with all the Easter eggs and, you know, kind of Star Wars Western style ad- adventure. Um, I thought Timothy Oliphant was great. I love that character. I hope we see him again. Um, Top Vanth, yeah. Obviously cool seeing him walk in with the Boba Fett armor, uh, which, Brett, you kind of called. And then that's last scene. Yeah. That just just the audacity to just just kind of cat you know know we've been waiting to see, um, all right spoilers ahead, we probably should have said this at the jump but if you have not seen the la- the first two episodes of the Mandalorian this is your chance to exit this podcast. Woo 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 spoiler uh, spoiler. How long we have waited to see an adult, you know Tamara Morrison Boba Fett like that and to just just casually that shot in there it's yeah. just yeah i mean like obviously we're gonna have to see him again because i think you guys have seen there's like a mini boba fett um mini series playing and obviously he's gonna have to get his armor and stuff back but um yeah that was that that episode was i mean there's the, the whole thing with like the speeder the timothy oliphant speeder bike being a pod mm-hmm. racer um just so much cool stuff in that episode i thought that the premiere was perfect it was well worth the wait and the anticipation i think like the coolest thing was like when they started like when they had the crate dragon come out and like the tuscans and the like the townspeople working together the cinematography of it changed they went from widescreen to full screen yep the aspect when he came out changed yep and it was it was such good cinematography cinematic yeah it was so good the way they did it like it's just I, I don't have any other things to explain it's just like the cinematography just works so well in that moment and like it made it just that whole scene a lot more exciting with the crate dragon. And I just really liked it in general, like the bringing back like the Tuscan people, giving like them actual like characterization from like, yeah, we haven't seen before. Yeah. Like before. And I like that. Cause like when you add like all these alien species in like star Wars, giving us like giving the people, instead of having to read extended universe books or whatnot, actually giving us more detail about these types of people. Like you never knew about like the Twi'leks or anything from watching like, a new hope mm-hmm. or never expect you never knew anything about these like races you were seeing species but like so now we get like more tuscan lore we like thousands of years they've lived nomads on tatooine and stuff and i think that was like a really cool thing to to just kind of drop in yeah uh we got we've been getting that from the jawas last season too um yeah that's what's cool about these these series uh you can you know when you're making a movie you have two two and a half hours you can't waste time on tuscan raiders uh, for a bunch of it or Jawas for a bunch of it and in these series you have a little more time you can flesh it out a little bit more you can add more context to the world so I, I loved all that I, I really enjoyed the first episode of the season uh, obviously Boba Fett at the end was pretty uh, shocking um, I'm excited to see where all that goes uh, the, the quality production value is really good with the create dragon scenes uh it was really well done and you know it was just it was a very fun uh top tier episode for that series and that's why i'm disappointed that episode two was probably my least favorite of the entire series you you get uh you get the ending with boba fett you get such a great episode with a great climax at the end um and then episode two was just it just it was just kind of fillery you know it was it was you know they 
they go to or they're, they're still on Tatooine uh, a very cool opening scene with the you know the other bounty hunters or, or scavengers that are looking for uh, that bounty as well on on the on the child um, they get their asses kicked and one guy gets shot up into the air I love that scene where he <laughs> Uh, shot the guy up in the air after he took his uh, uh, jetpack. Um, that was great, but from there, you know, they, they, it, it, they, I guess like the idea is they're going from Tatooine to Moncala, which is where this frog woman um, is looking to fertilize her baby. I don't know how that's going to work, but she's taking her babies there to do some baby Yoda's to, to hatch them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's taking Baby Yoda's snacks to uh, Moncala <laughs> to hatch them for some reason. Um, save her species, or her, blo- her bloodline. Her bloodline, yeah. So, um, so instead of like just going there, they decide to have an episode where they don't go there and instead go halfway there, and then continue to go. So it was it de- it felt like a throw-in episode. Uh, they kind of just threw out the line of, you can't go, you can't go to hyperspeed because then the babies will die. That was just kind of like, oh, okay, so then we have to go slow, and um, then he gets intercepted by the X wings, which those were cool to see. Uh, Dave Filoni was one of the X wing fighters, or so that was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, spiders. I hate spiders. Um, they're the worst. Yeah. I did not enjoy watching that. I, I cringed like multiple times. My body was like, delicious. yeah, like, I hate Ugh. spiders. I hate spiders so much. Um, that's not the reason why I think it's one of the worst. Um, but yeah, I just felt like this is a filler episode where nothing happened except for baby Yoda eating, uh, babies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was definitely the most like fillery, like really the biggest time I've ever had an issue with pacing in this, um, See, I mean, you wonder. I mean, you wonder if there was a purpose. Like, I wonder if the X-wing pilots are going to show back up at some point, or um, you know, obviously they're going to find. I mean, allegedly this planet that they're going to has other Mandalorians on it. I kind of have my doubts about that. Um, well, we saw in the trailer that that hooded figure, Sasha Banks from the WWE. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, that's the plant they're going to. So supposedly they're going to have that interaction. So okay. it would be interesting and to see who she and is. And it's possible that that is Sabine Bren from Rebels, who it is a Mandalorian. Be. And um, also at this point in the timeline is supposed to be with a another character we are very much anticipating. Yeah, seeing. that's why I think maybe it's not her. Um, I think it might yeah. be someone entirely different. Because you said what? What did you you tweeted? What is it? Is it episode five that it's Dave Filoni is directing? Yes, he wrote and directed it, I believe. Yeah. So that's got to be the Ahsoka episode. Then. It, it. That's where the smart money is, I think. <laughs> if you were making wages, or if you're wagering bets on this, uh, <laughs> on this. Um, First of all, there are much better things that you could wager money on. But second yeah. of all, yes. Yes. Um, you know, and I think part of like the appeal of the Mandalorian, and part of the reason why I like it, uh, it's kind of, um, it's not necessarily always going to drive story for. There's going to be, you know, like adventure of the week type of episodes, um, yeah. And I like that. I'm totally fine with that as long as we're we're we are also pushing some plot, 
uh, as long as we're moving forward a bit, that's cool. I like it. I'm totally fine. Because even episode one, I mean, th- I mean that was a bit of an adventure episode. Um, but obviously, you're pushing the plot a- along, too, in a pretty big way. Um, this one just felt kind of, like, worthless. It felt like they could just totally skip this episode and gone straight to episode three. I feel like it was it was more like Baby Yoda pandering after they already, like, established Baby Yoda pandering in season one. Where he's like, oh, look at him. He's eating all these eggs. Isn't he cute? What a little type. Yeah, but now people devil. are claiming that he committed genocide. Yeah, people are they're, they're still there. mad about still that in life. I'm sorry. There's still eggs there. It's fine. Yeah. Like, Star Wars fans need to chill sometimes. I don't think it's a large portion of the Star Wars fandom, but there is a very small section that, that was actually upset about that. Yeah, I... I mean, like, it is kind of, it, it's a little bit dark if you think about it. I mean, it, the kid's like, a psychopath. I mean, let's not, I mean, let's, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. That kid is a freak, all right? So, um, and that's fine. I, you know, it's it's a little gremlin baby, uh, and that's okay. Um, 50-year-old gremlin baby who is a psychopath. And that's, like, I don't care. I don't care that, that he's eating frog eggs of this, this frog lady. Um you know, maybe if I cared at all about that frog woman, I would, but I, I couldn't care less about her. They did not do a good job of making us um, invest emotionally in her whatsoever. Like, she was speaking Froganese. Like, I don't know what she was speaking. And then she used the <laughs> the droid that they killed in the first season to communicate. That was kind of cool. Um, but uh, I don't care. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned, like, the Adventure of the Week thing. Um and then pushing plot forward because we've kind of seen this that similarly with a lot of um, with Filoni's other shows like with Clone Wars and Rebels. Like yeah. you have like one off episodes and then you have multiple episodes tied to a story arc or you have story arcs that like you go away from and then come back like the um, like with Darth Maul and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's um, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, you're seeing a little bit of similarity here to that, which obviously makes sense. That's something that's been very successful for him. Yeah, I think that another thing that kind of irritates me more about this, though, is we only get eight episodes in a season, right? So yeah, we're, that's we're, true. We're, we're definitely more limited. Granted, they are longer episodes, but I don't the, the run times definitely don't add up to being the same. Um, and our other two Twitter questions that we picked this week are Mandalorian related. We're, we'll, we'll do the first one, the quick one first. Um, Noah on Twitter, over under how and how many frog eggs Baby Yoda ate off screen how much genocide did the did the baby yoda commit ryan i put i put in my hard number 13 eggs he ate 13 of them i this bet there's 37 in the pod. i bet there's 37 in that pod and i think he ate like 13 that's my those are my numbers did you pause it and count no did you count my how many uh, did, did you count how many were in the inexplicably in a in a warm spring on the ice planet for some reason that no, that just, weird frog lady was you, just you know those like sauna, um, a fresh spring whatever you know those like state fair things where like how many jelly beans i've in this, never in seen this jar? Oh, okay that's what you're saying I was, uh, yeah, yeah yeah i was saying i'm just just really really good at those so i can just count off that's good i'm looking yeah. at it so you're saying you're you're claiming there was 37 and he 37 ate 30, eggs 13 percent interesting andrew yeah i'd probably go like 10 to 15 somewhere around there um 
I have no reason to agree or disagree with either of you, so I'm not going to. Um, I'll disagree. <laughs> Second Twitter question, or I guess third, uh, our very own Alex Sawyer from Kane's Country asked, uh, so <laughs> which, which five Carolina Hurricanes players, past or present, would you want by your side to survive an attack from giant space spiders? This is referring to the second episode of season two of Mandalorian, wherein uh, Baby Yoda also eats a fucking baby spider uh, and just for some reason. And then all the spiders come out and then chase them before uh, they were ultimately saved by Dave Filoni and another X-Wing fighter. I don't know his name. Um, so we, we have a bit of a system set up here. And so we're, we're really going to do this. Uh, five rounds. We will all get a pick. Uh, this is a snake draft. We are drafting this team for some reason. Um, and we, we did a random number generator, Andrew did. And what was the result? What's the order? Well, so it's a snake draft, obviously, but round one is you have the first pick, Ryan has the second pick, I have the third pick. This is content you can't get anywhere else but the Canes Country podcast. There's a Nowhere else will you find a fantasy draft to select squads of five past or present Hurricanes players to help you fight off a swarm of space spiders. Okay, I'm... first overall pick in the draft... <laughs> Um, I have I had a player who I was going to pick if I got like second or third. Uh, I believe I have to take Robert Nemore first overall. Damn um, it! See, that's who I was thinking. See, about this is like this is like the perfect over. as if I need to explain my picks for this uh, ridiculous situation that we're in. Um, <laughs> my my reasoning is uh, leadership one. Uh, he will he will motivate whoever is there. He will be a great leader, great strategist. Uh, mostly a morale boost as a as a leader also he's ripped and i think that any spider uh alien space spider uh would probably not fare well uh against robert Moore on his a game and he's always on his a game so robert Moore first overall all right this my pick coming up here this is this is the obvious pick this is you know they'll go to everyone everyone should be calling this one who better to protect you from space spiders in the star wars universe there may be potentially somebody from an order of sorcerers, or perhaps maybe we could call them wizards, ah. or Jedi Master Ray Whitney. Oh, okay. Good, good selection. Good, um, bit of a reach on your connection there, but I, I, I like it. No, I, I like it. Jedi I like, I, I like the connection. Like it, yeah. Um, and, uh, never mind. I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna talk more about it. It's fine. That's a good. I I do think it's a good pick. Do we need analysis on our? Yeah, I was about to give analysis, draft? and then I realized what I was an- analyzing, so I just decided to <laughs> shut up. I mean, you know, he can come up with a creative plan at least. Mm-hmm. No, it, I mean it's Ryan's pick. I should not be uh, analyzing anyone else's oh, do you, pick. Do you need mine. me to analyze it for you guys? No, I I think I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Um, all right, so I'm just gonna go with somebody scrappy, somebody tough, somebody I know can fight. And is going to get the job done. I'm going to go with Tim Gleason here. Good pick. Good pick. I'm going to go with two defensemen that I enjoyed and were So, yeah, the, uh, this is round two. Now we're snaking back. Andrew will pick again, then Ryan, then yes. Um, So this is a guy, a very brave fighter, which, I mean, I think you're going to need some bravery in this situation. This guy, I mean, I think he fought despite his um very big size discrepancy. I think he fought Chara like three years in a row. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm gonna go with Jay Harrison. Not not a guy that I had on my list, but that's that's a good one potentially also for uh, you know uh, camaraderie. Uh, he can play various instruments. Uh, I don't exactly. know how many instruments that you'll have in this situation, but perhaps he'll bring one from home, and uh, he has that too. All right, for my next pick, you know, you need if you're fighting space spiders, you want experience. And who's experienced this already? The Mandalorian. So I obviously are have you to picking go the Mandalorian. With, I'm picking the Mandalorian. Peter Morozik in the Star Wars promo oh, night, yeah. they had Peter Morozik dressed up as the Mandalorian in the promo picks for Star Wars night this past season. They, Therefore, they Peter Morozik is the Mandalorian. So if you guys are curious about who put the most thought into this, it's definitely Ryan. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going a bit off the board here, as off the board as you can get uh, in round two of a Star Wars spider battle draft. Uh, This is definitely, this was going to be my first pick, but then I I just, I couldn't waste the first overall pick on anyone that wasn't Rod Burnamore. My pick is Morgan Geeky. And my reason for this is someone has to be shooting those spiders uh, that are attacking uh, Morgan Geeky has shot 75% in NHL regular season games. He has he ain't no three goals trooper. and four shots. He is a sniper, a very accurate shot. I trust his his uh, his his shot in that situation. I am picking Morgan Geeky, uh, second round first overall, or third overall in the second round, sorry. Now we switch to the third round. I'm up again. This is where it gets difficult. I have I have a great leader. I have a marksman to take out the spiders. I, I think the Morgan Geeky pick is definitely a good one here. Um, but for this pick, I need some 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 toughness. And I'm thinking there was one big spider, right? But but most of them were smaller. Um, and I'm I need to make sure that my logic is uh, sound here. Uh, it's not actually. Never mind. Forget about all the things <laughs> I just said. Um, but with this pick, I I'm gonna go with a a very old name, and this is a selection I'm making almost solely uh, for the obscurity. I am picking Tim Conboy uh, for for this uh, third round first overall. He will fight anything and everything. Um, he will likely kill every spider uh, that he uh, lays eyes on. Very ferocious former Hurricane Tim Conboy is my selection. Uh, seventh overall in the draft. All right. So remember I said last pick, I needed someone of experience fighting spiders. This time I need somebody just with experience, but also a little experience with spiders. You know, somebody who has the smarts, and the leadership qualities, but who also potentially helped alley-oop a basketball to one of the hard Grove Trotters whose name was wow. Spider, Justin Williams. Wow. And for full disclosure, I googled Carolina Hurricane Spider, and this article came up and said that Williams uses hockey stick for alley-oop the Globe Trotters Spider. It's the only reason I'm making that pick. That's a good pick. Leadership. First of all, I'm going to go uh, Tim Conboy. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. That's another Star Wars reference that you're making. Oh, I was actually going to take Justin Williams here for the leadership and the because uh, you know he'll fight too. So um, I'm going to go with just you know just a big a good leader, somebody who you know 
led the Hurricanes through some very tumultuous times this past year. Big, strong guy. You know, you know, you can count on him to just get the job done. I'm, I'm gonna go with Jordan Stahl here. Good pick. That's a strong, strong pick. And you know he's Literally. going to be going dad dad mode to protect Baby Yoda. Yes. Right, exactly. Like you need, you definitely need. I mean, Gleason and is a dad too, and I I don't know if Harrison is, but you like you want some dads on this squad for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, yeah. of course, dad energy. All right, and then um, snakes I gotta back go. to you here. Yeah. Um, I need a marksman too. I need a sniper, and, and you know my sniper is also going to be. Somebody who we've seen in the past um, is clearly not afraid. Um, perhaps some foolhardiness to that past bravery, but I'm going to go with uh, Andrei Svechnikov. Yeah. A sensible pick. All right, Ryan. Um, I'm running out of like real deep reaches now. I, um, I really had a few. So I'm just going to say... Uh, Jesse Bollerys, just because I'm sure he'll smash a bunch of spiders. Yes. Good pick. It's good. Good pick. Uh, I have my final two picks up here. Uh, fourth round, uh, third pick in the fourth round. Uh, I am going to, you know, I have my two in mind, so it's just a matter of the order. Uh, I, I have a, I have a sharp shooter with a, with a uh, whatever uh, space pistol. Um, and that is Morgan Geeky. I have my leadership and toughness and uh, also underrated uh, shooting ability in Rob Rindamore. Tim Conboy is there for one specific reason. And here I'm, I'm going to take a guy who's very cerebral. Uh, he's very high awareness, uh, always has uh, always is a step ahead of the spiders um, with and without the puck. Uh, this is going to be Tavo Teravainen. Uh, I think he'll be a very good addition here. Uh, maybe not the scrappiest, but he is definitely the smartest guy on the ice, and he's always thinking ahead of the Spiders. And my final pick, uh, so I have a, a really cerebral player. Uh, I'm sorry, Spider Fighter. Uh, I have a tough guy. I have a leader. I have a sniper. I, I would like some depth uh, in the physicality department. And for that reason, with this selection, I'm going to take Kevin Westgarth. Nice pick. Um, very tough guy. Will absolutely uh, beat the shit out of a spider. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt in my mind about that one. Uh, Andrew's selection got me thinking. And, you know, dad mode, important. So I'm going to go a good, well-respected father. But it's a double-sided coin. I'm going to pick Jordan Martinook. But also, because once we beat those spiders... Party's on, baby. Good, good, good. Party is definitely on. That's very good. For my last pick, I mean, I'm just going to give myself uh, kind of like I'm going to give myself one more fighter, one more person who I know is just going to go absolutely ham, smash some spiders. Um, was surprised to learn that he actually did score nine goals in a Hurricanes uniform. That number is much higher than I thought it would be. Go with a uh, Brad Malone here. <laughs> Make way for trucks. Make way for spiders. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. He had what was his sandwich called too? I, the, was it the, was it the meaty Malone? Maybe. <laughs> if it wasn't, oh, then it no. should have been. Oh, I think no. it was. Hang on, hang on. That sounds about right. <laughs> that that wouldn't be surprising to me. Anyway, careful googling sense. that. 
Yeah, yeah, be careful. <laughs> open a open an incognito browser just in case. Um, Goodness. He also um, isn't he also the one who like broke Justin Falk's leg in a practice or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I might, I might not have made the greatest choice yeah, well, here. Well, you but... know, very physical, almost to a fault. Um, yeah, we'll just keep give him a might, wide. He might the rest he of our might team. accidentally injure uh, Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, we'll see the the, fight. Like, with only five spider fighters, that's a problem. So he's gonna have to have. We're gonna have to have some space. Keep him yes. up front, front line. He'll be yeah, a heavy. He'll be a heavy four checker, and uh, it'll, you're you're gonna be running like a one two one, maybe a strong neutral zone presence. Or I'm sorry, a one two two, strong. You know, <laughs> Malone's pushing up in the play, heavy four checker. Um, you have Svechnikov and Stahl in, in the neutral zone, shutting things down. And then you have Jay Harrison and Tim Gleason as your stay at home guys. Protecting the ship. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh my God. and that also works because I also think Brad Malone's probably the most expendable of the group <laughs> and you're, you're right. fine with him kind of, you know, it, maybe we'll see it in a, in a little bit, Brad, if not, you, thanks for the sacrifice. Like we're not all walking away. You're not. This. You're not. And There's you know a what? lot of space fighters. I'm just thinking. You know, this might be cruel, but I'm just trying to think of this from from a numbers game for uh, your team. No, so that makes, makes sense. perfect sense. It's a business. It's you know, it's a business. It's a tough business. Um, yeah. You play for the the logo on the front, not the name on the back. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So space spider hunters. Yeah. There's there are some guys that I also wrote down that that just missed the cut. Uh, Tom Kostopoulos is a guy I, thought about I considered. Uh, Tuomo Rutu obviously is a guy I considered. Yeah. Wade Brookbank is a guy I considered. Uh, Scott Walker is a guy I considered. Also, someone I considered. Uh, Mike Commodore, I think, would have been a good pick. I also had Gary Roberts, uh, just a physical freak in his own right. I had him on the short list as well, but I, none of them could beat out Tim Convoy. <laughs> Brian Allen might not have been a bad mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I was thinking uh, Derek Jocelyn, he wouldn't be afraid to punch a few spiders. That's true. That actually would not have been that a bad pick would have been a good all. pick as well. Um, I think that's it for this. So that's a thing that we did. We spent uh, roughly half of this podcast doing that exclusive Kane's country podcast content i say you will not find this anywhere else i am 100 percent confident in that statement one specific subject did carry us and i'd like to thank alec for that help um alec, alec sawyer, sawyer on twitter true mvp of this podcast shout yes. out alec really really good contribution from him and from everyone good job everyone good job we did it together um, yeah we did it together and that's going to be a podcast. So, Kane's Country Podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, why? Uh, you can follow the Kane's Country Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, make sure to rate, review, uh, do all that good stuff. Support us. Uh, it helps us a whole lot. Uh, where can the listeners follow you on Twitter and only Twitter, Andrew? At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. And I would also like to posit um, Alex Sawyer is just at Alex Sawyer, capital A, capital S. He should absolutely be getting some love for uh, 
for his contributions to this episode. Yes. And Ryan. Uh, at R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. You can follow me at Brett underscore finger on Twitter. You can follow Kane's Country at Kane's Country on Twitter. Uh, go to Kane'sCountry.com for all the latest stuff that's been written up there. It's all great. Um, thank you for listening. We will be back uh, maybe with another ridiculous list. Who knows? We'll be back in two weeks and we'll talk about something. We'll figure it out. Bye.